This is the Hockey News Podcast. We are at 16 Mile Sports Complex in Oakville, Ontario. I'm Stephen Ellis. This is Ryan Kennedy. Uh, we were here for the World Junior Selection Camp for Team Canada. This is my home rink. I spent a lot of time here. I'm very familiar with it, so it was nice to have this here. Um, so we, we got to see Canada play the youth sports teams uh, two days in a row, the youth sports team being a select group of players from around uh, Canadian universities. And we got to see kind of what Canada's roster is going to look like. Now, we didn't get to see one of Canada's better players in this uh, event. And Alex Lafreniere, who was hurt with an ankle injury. Uh, we didn't get to see Aiden Dudas. We didn't get to see Ty Smith. Those are two guys who did not play at any point in the two games. Uh, but I wanted to start with the guys that kind of impressed you the most. And there's one guy that I know you and I both are really fond of, uh, a certain uh, projected number two prospect. Yeah, Quentin Byfield from the Sudbury Wolves. I thought he performed very well. You know, in, in the first game, he was on a very dominant line with Dylan Cousins and Nolan Foote. And, you know, having Byfield on the wing, he's a natural center, but I thought it really freed him up, and he's got the big body, he's got the great speed, and I think in a tournament like this, when you can combine all that, especially on the international ice, and this is one of the bigger ice surfaces, that's why they played it here to prepare for the Czech Republic, I thought Byfield did very well in both games. Uh, he was very noticeable in game one in particular. Game two was a bit of a slog for everybody involved in Canada, um, but I, I really liked Byfield's effort, and I, it's hard to see him not on the final roster. Uh, for ex for ex exactly, and we saw him get the two shootout opportunities in the second game. Uh, Canada did play two shootouts despite there not actually being a tie. That was just the way they were going with. Uh, we know that Byfield, um, he, he had a. I thought he had a really good camp. You know, I got I was there for all the practices and seeing him on Tuesday kind of out muscle some of the older, stronger, faster players as a 17 year old. I thought was really impressive. Um, he's a guy who could skate well, got the hard shot. He kind of has everything you're looking in a almost. I want to say. A power forward type player because we don't see those I, much yeah but i think you can call him a, a skilled power yeah. forward yeah he's not a he's not a bruiser kind of guy he's just a guy that yeah. with his size it's so hard to contain him mm -hmm. because he has such a great physical package going for him yeah he kind of did everything we'd want out of him and uh that ended up making him in my opinion one of the better prospects uh a guy that i think was a long shot to make camp uh, but is also an, uh, a 2020 draft prospect, um, Dylan Holloway, a guy that you know played in the NCAA, and we know kind of if it came down to two players, uh, a Canadian player playing in the CHL or a Canadian player playing in the NCAA, they'll typically go towards the CHL because that is the the league the Hockey Canada runs. Uh, but I thought Dylan Holloway was one of the hardest working guys out there. You know, he he may, wasn't a high profile prospect. He's he's not a top five guy, but he's still a, a top guy regardless for 2020 he is an older player as a 2001 born player um but i thought he had a really good tournament i, th I i'm calling it a tournament it wasn't really much of a tournament he had a good showing again hard-working guy he was rewarded for a couple points uh, on the first game and i thought that this was someone who had a lot to prove and he did exactly what he needed to do as we are recording this at this exact moment we do not know the cuts yet we're just waiting on those um if he is cut i'll just say in advance it's it was a numbers game type thing. That's one thing you were talking about earlier. Uh, they have a lot of wingers who can do kind of what he could do. And, uh, and the other thing is, like, this, this is a very center-heavy team, I believe, of the forward group. At least 11 of them actually play center for their junior teams, which kind of we had to see a bit of shuffling around. Specifically with Byfield, we got to see what he could do in the wing. And I think anyone he played with, he kind of made it better. 
Yeah, and you know, with the announcement that Barrett Hayton was getting loaned out from the Arizona Coyotes, that's another center that's going to be one of your top mm-hmm. guys, obviously. And you have Joe Valeno coming from the AHL, so that's two forward spots right there taken care of from the pro ranks. And you know, that versatility, I know Coach Dale Hunter talked about this at the CHL Russia series where you like to see guys playing different forward positions because it gives you options. So we saw Byfield on the wing, we saw Cousins at center, but with Hayton coming now, you probably see Cousins go to the wing because they also have Ty Delandria. And, you know, um, I I think with Holloway, I was very impressed with him as well. I thought his Mm -hmm. speed and his strength were really good. And there were a lot of kids at this camp that were either 2001 birthdays or 2002 birthdays that were really good. And as you said, it's going to come down to numbers where, you know, a a player like Jamie Drysdale, Mm -hmm. for example, who I believe will be the first defenseman taken in the 2020 draft. I I thought he did all he could Mm -hmm. to make this team and whether or not he makes it in the end is obviously, you know, we'll see. Momentarily. Momentarily. Yeah. Any second now, really. We've been waiting for a while, actually. (laughs) We certainly have. But, you know, the puck moving, the patience, uh, you know, I thought his pairing in game one with Thomas Harley mm-hmm. was really good. And, you know, Canada had some very interesting decisions to make on defense because, first off, they had a lot of left-handed shots. Mm-hmm. And second of all, they had a lot of good puck movers. So <laughs> there were a lot of players that kind of had similar skill sets, and you're probably only going to take so many of them. But I think with guys like Holloway and Drysdale um, maybe even I'll, I'll toss Connor Zary into that mm-hmm. mix as well. The last player invited, you know, because of an injury to Jacob Peltier, these guys are going to be crucial for next year's team. And the experience they got just here in Oakville, mm-hmm. I think will be great for them down the line. And I'd even say Cole Perfetti in there too. Yeah, yeah for sure. Guy who, Perfetti was the 13th forward in theory. Again, that didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. This was the guy who, he, he was a 13 forward in both games, and I thought he played well, but I don't think he was noticeable enough to kind of be like, we need to ha- see him there this mm-hmm. year. Uh, he's a he's a natural goal scorer, and uh, kind of bring up the next guy I want to mention, Nico Dawes. Uh, we asked Perfetti um, a couple days ago, it's like, well, what's it like playing against Dawes? And he specifically said, like, this is one of the hardest guys to score against. Mm-hmm. And Perfetti's going to be a, a natural goal scorer in the NHL. Yes. And you, you even likened him to Patrick Kane earlier in the year. So mm-hmm. this is a guy that we know is going to score a lot of goals. And uh, he didn't really – he wasn't able to generate a whole lot of offense. I don't think he looked out of place, but it mm-hmm. just – it's not his time. But with Nico Dawes, I thought, you know, the biggest question was the goaltending. And I'll, we'll go into the goaltending discussion after. Um, Nico Dawes – was a guy that, if you read my story on thehockeynews.com uh, about uh, his road, he kind of was a, an out-of-nowhere prospect. If you yes. asked him three months ago, hey, could you envision yourself on the Canadian World Junior Team? There's no way he would believe you because this is a guy that had never been a starter. He's in his third year in the league and um, kind of wasn't able to take away a lot of starts from Anthony Popovich over the last couple of years, but he's been the best goal in the OHL this year, mm-hmm. I'd say. And, uh, the stats are impressive, and it's hard to kind of take a look at the goaltending in this um, these couple of days because like today was a 2-1 game where yeah. Canada had 12 shots on net and Dawes was I think only in that for seven saves or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and, and that was a tough situation for him because you know this is a guy who has all that momentum and for him to not really play a real role and, and make a lot of saves and get his numbers up was kind of disappointing and but I still thought he played well he made a couple of really big saves when it mattered uh, in the first game, which Canada won, and he was the goalie for Canada in that case. And I thought he looked good in the shootout, too. So uh, 
again, we'll talk about goalies later, but mm. I think that was one of the more impressive players in this entire two-day event or four-day event, I guess. Yeah, and you know, the last player I would bring up in that company would be Bowen Byram, uh, the Colorado first-rounder. I thought that he was pretty noticeable in the second game, and there wasn't a lot of standouts in that second game, but I found that even when he got in trouble, he had the skating ability and the stick to get the play back. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, even if he turned it over in his own zone, he was back on it and he got the puck out. And I think that's a crucial thing. Uh, It's almost like a Jay Bomeister kind of thing where it's like you get in trouble, but you can get yourself (laughs) out of trouble. And, you know, I mean, you don't want to turn the puck over in the first place, but you certainly want to get it back. Mm If you do. And I thought Bowen Byram was very involved. You know, we saw him get involved with the offense in game one. And, you know, he can certainly put up points. And I think he's the kind of guy where, you know, I was speaking earlier about a lot of defensemen have some of the same skill sets. I kind of put him at the top of that pile with Ty Smith, who obviously we didn't seek because he was ill. But, you know, you look at Bowen Byram and, and what he was able to do in the playoffs last year mm-hmm. in the WHO with the Vancouver Giants, and, you know, he's so confident out there. Mm-hmm. And he, he's willing to make plays, and I think that's maybe an understated part of this tournament. And we didn't see it last year from Hockey Canada. We didn't see players step up when it was needed. On the other hand, you go back two years ago when they won the gold medal, and it seemed like, somebody was always stepping yep. up, you know, and, and the golden goal was Tyler Steenberg and the only guy who hadn't had a goal up until that point mm-hmm. on the team. So it can be a huge difference. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a lot of talent, but if it's all kind of flattened out like that, you can have some problems. And I, I think that's going to be a key for Canada this year um, because they're not going to have the best goalies in the tournament. Nope. Um, but they're going to have Alexi Lafreniere, mm-hmm. a kid that wants to make a difference every time he's out there. I think Byfield you put in that company as well. And then, as I said, Bowen Byram, I think he's the kind of kid mm-hmm. that he'll take over a shift and he wants to win. He wants to get that puck in the net and he has that capability. Uh, I just, from the looks of it, Canada is not going to be making any cuts tonight anymore. Fine. So that's a, that's a disappointment. At least it says expect to be down to 23 guys by the next practice according to Mark Masters from TSN. There you go. He would know. Yes, that would. So uh, there have been times where Canada's brought guys over to Europe and give them a couple opportunities, um, but that may not be what they're doing anymore at this plan. It may be a tough decision, especially with when you look at the goaltending, which is what Mm -hmm. we want to talk about now. And um, going into this, like you mentioned, Canada doesn't have the best goalie. They got four good goalies, but only two of them were at the selection or the uh, summer showcase tournament, Hunter Jones and Oliver Rodriguez. When you look at that, and you got two guys who have kind of Joel Hoffer's had a good season. He's a good. We knew he was a good goalie. He's a St. Louis Blues prospect. But we didn't kind of know Nico Dawes was going to fight his way into this. Yes. Are, are, are looking at what we saw over the last couple of days, who is the starting goalie? I mean, I want to say Nico Dawes because I feel that he's had the strongest body of work since the season began. And you know, when you look at Canada's selection process. They, they count a couple of different things. So, you know, you had the World Junior Summer Showcase, mm-hmm. you have the CHL Russia Series, and then, of course, you know, you have the December camp and you have the regular season. So, obviously, Dawes wasn't there in the summer, but, I, you know, I was there at the World Junior Summer Showcase, and, you know, Rodrigue, uh, Jones, neither of them really stood out. <clears throat> um, you know, Alexis Gravel was there as well and a couple of other guys, but nobody really played 
well for Canada at that tournament. You look at the regular season, everybody's got pretty good numbers. Um, I, I think Dawes has the best and Hoffer's probably yep. second. Uh, I thought Hunter Jones looked pretty good in game two. I would say there wasn't a lot separating the goaltenders in these two games. I thought Dawes was probably the best in game number one, not necessarily by a walk. Mm -hmm. I think Rodrigue probably has a bit of an insider's edge because he has such a long yep. history with Hockey Canada. All the way back to the Youth Olympic Games. Yeah, so, I mean, that's years already. 2016. He's still a teenager. But for me, it's like, I, I just, I feel like Dawes could be the guy. Mm -hmm. And really, it's, it's so tough because you have four goaltenders that there's not a lot distinguishing themselves on the resume. And I don't think anybody really took a giant step here. So it's a tough decision. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, uh, I liked what I saw out of Dawes, but could you really fault any other goalies in this situation? Because, again, looking at the, the second day of games and a, a 2-1 game. All goals were scored in the first period. Mm -hmm. So goalies in the second half of the game didn't even have to worry about that. Yeah. It wasn't a tough night for any of the four goalies involved. As a result, it's, if it was still close, and, and if we are to believe the coaching staff's comments, that it was still close as of Wednesday evening heading into Thursday, that didn't exactly make the answer any easier. Right. So, uh, again, there's no goaltending answer at this point. I think you could still go with either two. They'd pick any two goalies, assuming yeah. they are going to go with the two goalie like they have in the past, or they bring a third goalie just because it's over in Europe. Yeah. But let's just go with a starter or backup. You can go with any two, and I think you're going to get good results. Because you've got a guy like Nico Doss who's playing hot right now. Joel Hoffer's playing hot. You've got Rodrigue who's got the, the, the body of work, but also he's got the connections with Hockey Canada. So it's like when you look at those factors and then you look at Hunter Jones who was fantastic throughout the year and has done some great things for Peterborough. Yes. You could pick any of those two and that's, is that a good thing or a bad thing? <sighs> to me, it's not a great thing because you, you want somebody to stand out. And if you look at the rest of the tournament field, you know, Spencer Knight's the guy for Team USA. Mm -hmm. No question about it. Lucas Dostal is definitely the guy for mm -hmm. the checks. No question about that. You know, Askarov should be the guy for Russia. I know he's young, and they tend to go with an older team, mm -hmm. but I kind of feel like... He's the best chance to win. He's, he's yeah. their best chance to win gold. Hugo Alnefeld is red hot for mm -hmm. Sweden. Eustace Anunen is red hot for Finland. So the competition's going to be fierce. Yep. And I, I don't see necessarily a Canadian goaltender who can steal a bunch of games. Now, they don't have to, because I think Canada's going to score a lot of goals. But it's going to be tough competition for whoever they face and I think that's going to be the big challenge is when you get to say the semifinal maybe even the quarterfinal because Canada is in the tougher group you know they have to play Russia yeah. they have to play the United States they're playing the Czechs on Czech ice you know and, and even Germany is they're not going to be a cakewalk but I don't think Germany is the goaltending the Canada well does. I'd say Hendrick Kane's not a bad goalie not though. a bad Who goalie could, he has proven he could steal games now stealing games against Norway and Austria right. is a little different yeah but still like you, you will see in these tournaments where a goalie like that will kind of shine yeah. George Sorensen for Denmark no one thought that was gonna be happening. Dennis Godlock Dennis Godlock exactly. two yeah. goalies in the same tournament Benjamin Collins yeah, yeah. like but those two goalies in the one year specifically like you no one predicted to be it there. yeah and I mean Samuel Halavich is having a great year in the queue mm -hmm. he's gonna be with Slovakia and they're gonna need him obviously if they're gonna have any success so it's gonna be a very interesting tournament for goalies and I I just I don't see 
Canada's goalies on paper mm-hmm. being in that top tier. Now, if somebody could get hot, and I could totally see it, you look at Hunter Jones's size, and when he's on his game, he's very good. Yep. So I think it's possible. I just don't think it's probable right now. Yeah. So we, ent- we, we entered this with big questions about the goaltending, and we leave with big questions about the goaltending. Uh, even if by the time you see this, we are doing two goalies, again, you can make an argument for any of them at this for case. Sure. Uh, I do want to bring up one uh, question about the seventh defenseman situation, because we'll see Kale McCarr a couple of years ago, for mm-hmm. example. Uh, I heard he's a good defenseman these days. He's doing all right. He's doing okay. He's doing okay. But he was playing minimal minutes mm-hmm. when he was in Buffalo with the Canadian team. And I believe he made the media all-star team. I know I voted for him. I yeah. think you voted for him too. Pretty sure. So this is a guy that we know McCarr like when McCarr was an important player, but he was a power play guy. He could do a whole lot of things. He was drafted at that point. My question is, do you throw in a guy like Jamie Drysdale or a guy like Braden Schneider? Uh, when you look at those guys who could do a lot of things really well, but mm-hmm. on the younger side of things, um, again, by the time this comes out, we may already know the situation, but what do, what is the role of a seventh defenseman for Team Canada in a situation like this? Well, you know, you bring up Braden Schneider, and he's interesting because assistant coach Andre Tourney was very complimentary of Braden Schneider after game one. And yeah, you weren't. <laughs> I, I thought he struggled with the yeah. pace, but he was much better in game two. And Tourney's point was that Braden Schneider does a lot of different things. He's physical, he blocks shots, but he can also make plays with the puck. And also, I, I will note, he's a right shot. Yep. And Canada doesn't have a lot of right shots at this camp. Jamie Drysdale is actually another one of them. Mm -hmm. So you wonder if one of those guys makes it even as a seventh D because you want to try to even it out as much as possible. But, you know, I could see Schneider being a seventh where if you need him on the penalty kill, he can focus on that. If you need, you know, a stopper late in the game, if you need a guy to be physical, he's your man. So I think there's definitely a role for somebody like that. And on, you know, on the other side of the coin, if you bring Drysdale, you have somebody that could really electrify your power play. Mm -hmm. So even if maybe he's a Kale McCarr type of seventh defenseman, high praise, I know, but I mean, the kid's got a high ceiling. Uh, The other thing I'll say is we we make the comment about the the older versus younger debate. Maybe when you look at the success of even Capocacco playing for Finland, or Finland in general last year had a lot of draft-eligible guys, or in the case of Anton Lundell, two years away. Mm -hmm. Um, They had a lot of guys who played important roles um, as young guys. Is this something Canada maybe should kind of look at? Because when you look at it, they had nine draft prospects this year at camp. That's a, a much bigger number than we've kind of ever seen. Sometimes they take zero. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that, is that something maybe if the player is as good as Jamie Drysdale, do you say, you know what, even though he doesn't have the experience of someone a little older, like a Kalen Addison, do you throw him in there just because of how good he can be and how good he's been this year? Yeah, and it's a fair question. I know with countries like Finland and even Sweden, <laughs> they take young guys, and when you when you ask them about it, they say, like, look, we just don't have that big a pool to draw from. Even though we think of these countries as hockey powers, in terms of actual player base, it's yep. a lot smaller than Canada or even the United States. So for me, I think you take the best players available. But, you know, Canada, and I would, I would throw Russia into this category as well, they generally believe this is a 19-year-old tournament. And because of that, they go with older guys who, you know, they've had more time in the weight room. They've got a little more muscle mass on them. Obviously, they have more experience. 
they tend to go with those guys. And it's tough because as we're seeing at the NHL level, players are getting so good so fast mm -hmm. and they're taking on big roles. And I wonder if that begins to filter down to the junior level. And as you said, we saw a lot of them at this camp and, uh, and, and in the summer. And that bodes well for me because I think you got to grab these kids while you can because a lot of them may not be available next year for the tournament. They might be in the NHL. Cool question. Jamie Drysdale, they are not next year. I think he'll be available because it's so hard to go straight to the NHL as a defenseman. Yeah, I have to agree with that one. It's we look at a guy like he's very similar to a guy like Bowen Byram. Yeah. Byram was drafted by a team that was a contender right away at Colorado. That's not going to be the same case, likely for Drysdale. Right. Uh, that's uh, what we have for our discussion part. We do have a couple of viewer questions. And uh, the one question we have is from Danny Tiffany. It's, which underager do you expect to make the biggest impact for their team? Well, I'm going to say Yaroslav Askarov with yep. Russia, the goaltender. I think that he can steal games. I call him the dream killer because if your team thinks they're going to win a tournament and you come up against Askarov, you're probably going home earlier than you wanted to. I think if he is Russia's starting goaltender, they are the gold medal favorite. He has the ability to steal games. He's got size, he's got technique, but he will come out of his structure to make a save. He's got a bit of Tim Thomas in him in that way where he'll do anything to make a stop. And I think that's so good that he has that confidence. So for me, he has the biggest chance as an underager mm -hmm. to make a big impact. Uh, I would say for me, it's almost a little easy, but I'd say the guy who has actually not played at any point uh, this week in Alexis Lafreniere, just for the yep. fact that he is, we kind of saw him the first couple games, it took him a bit to kind of adjust, but he was also like two years out of the draft there. That yeah. I thought he impressed kind of near the end of the tournament, was playing big roles, finally got a goal and kind of could show a bit of um, momentum there. And I think that was important. Going to now here where he's obviously the best player in the QMJHL, uh, he's a top prospect, he's a special prospect, he's going to make a team very, very very happy. I think this is a guy that could play a really significant role, and we saw how good he was with uh, Valeno and Kirby Doc, and obviously I don't think we're going to see Kirby Doc, but at the same time, he hasn't got a point in 10 games with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. you got to think maybe at some point they consider, okay, Sure. Let's time's put, ticking. Put him, put him, <laughs> yeah, that is true. But put him in a winning culture for a little bit. Uh -huh. So it, let's just take Kirby Doc out of the equation. I still think the the chemistry we saw with Elena in the summer was very important. So uh, someone also then asked, uh, I don't have the name on. Okay, uh, Lucas Hanashio is Askarov the best goalie, one of the best goalies in the tournament. Definitely one of the best goalies. I think it's going to be a battle between him and Spencer Knight for the United States. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you know, Knight has a lot of international experience as like already. He's been amazing for Boston College in the NCAA as a freshman. Just super red hot. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, Hugo Alnefeld and Eustace Anunen mm -hmm. have had great seasons over in Europe for Sweden and Finland, respectively. So I feel that the top tier is Knight and Askarov. And just behind that, you have Alnefeld, Anunen, and I would even put Lucas Dostal, the Anaheim Ducks oh, yeah. pick, uh, for the Czech Republic. I'll put him in that category as well because he was fantastic last year at the World Juniors, and now he's playing on home ice. The Czechs are going to need him. I feel like he's going to have a big tournament. Do you think this is a kind of a year where every team, for the most part, maybe not Kazakhstan, has a goalie that's capable of kind of stealing wins this year? It's, like it's a good year for goalies. It really is. And, you know, you look at Samuel Halavich uh, with Slovakia. He's been great in the Quebec mm. League, and... 
you know, it, it's good because I saw him last year in the USHL and you could tell he was really raw. I mean, he's got great size and he just hadn't put his game together yet. It seems like he must have had a great summer because he's playing so well yep. right now. And I mean, Slovakia is going to need him. So good timing for them. All right. Anything else you want to get across about uh, our time here in Oakville? <clears throat> I would say that uh, it was a pretty impressive camp. I thought, you know, game one, obviously a lot more high tempo. Game two is a bit of a snoozer, but I think that the 2020 draft class did themselves proud. Uh, I don't think anybody really torpedoed their chances mm -hmm. per se. Um, cuts are going to have to be made, but I think Canada is going to be a very deep team. And as long as everybody's healthy and firing all cylinders, I think they can medal. Just goaltending is the big X factor. All right, that's, uh, that's it. All we have for our time here in Oakville. Uh, make sure to check out thehockeynews.com for more uh, features. And we're going to have a lot of stuff over the next couple of days. And of mm. course, you're going to the tournament itself. There will be a World Junior Preview podcast, and that is going to probably be next Thursday. We've got to figure the whole details out about that. Uh, right now, though, we're going to take you to some audio from Dale Hunter after the second game. Back here. Uh, what's Pardon? Dale. Uh, what's it mean to you guys to get uh, Bear back? I Oh, Barrett Hayton. Uh, no, it's good. You know, like he's a top-end guy and he's uh, been playing up and, uh, you know, it's a, it means a lot. And for leadership in the in the room too, you know, when you get a guy experienced uh, like him and, uh, you know, he's going to – and he's a great leader. So it, uh, that's what you need. We, we always take a lot of skill and stuff, but also leadership in the room, it will help a lot. How does Hunter Jones Pardon? How does Hunter Jones Yeah, they, they, all the four goalies look good, you know, and it's uh, – you know, it's one of those things. It's tough choices. Just going back to Hayden quickly, because a lot of options down the middle with Galeno and himself. Right? Yeah. yeah, it does. You know, and uh, you know, I've seen him enough through the years here playing against him that uh, he's a good two-way center too. It's just not one way, and he can play both ways. Kill penalties, play power play, and play against the top line. So it really was, you know, strengthens down the middle, and when you get a player like that. No, no, we don't know. How did you assess Bill Thomas's camp? He was good. The guys, all, they, you know, it's a tough, you know, with U uh, Sports, uh, you know, they they're skilled and they and they play hard. It was a, it was actually a good games that we played and uh, and uh, they played hard and uh, we, you know it's a it's a it's good way to evaluate the players when uh, when you get a team uh, like that that play like that and. Uh, and with skill, but also with grit. You got to work in the corners and win battles. It's just not about scoring; it's about winning the battles in the corner that create the opportunities. And it, it, it pushed our guys to, to be better. Uh, uh, no, he's like, you know, he's. Uh, we all know that he's he got hurt, and, uh, but uh, but he's going to be back sooner than later. Is that a concern to see only 12 shots in 65 minutes? Yeah, you know, it is, but uh, it's a credit to the other team, too. You know, they were blocking a lot of shots. Uh, you know, it's uh, one, of, one of those things that, uh, you know, they're committed. They wanted to win bad. You can see it. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't do uh, – we got to get our shots through the through more to get get in, but uh, give the other team credit, too. They, they were blocking a lot. You gave up about uh, four two-on-one breaks today. Is that a big concern? Yeah, you know, we're pushing a little bit too hard uh, sometimes. Uh, you know the kids are trying to make a team here, and so they're they're, they're pushing hard, and then and then and then you get caught up ice a bit more. They're trying to score. They are the leadership of Lafreniere going to be important in Czech Leadership of Alexis Lafreniere. Oh, again, he's been through it, you know, and it's like uh, you know they're very viable. When you get veterans back that played before. 
it just means so much that he can talk to the young guys, uh, the pressures of playing and, and, and what it's like and what's the competition all about. And uh, So it, it's, you know, that's priceless. You guys have some, some tough decisions to make over the last couple hours. Does it yeah. break, no, it's, that news? no, it's no fun. You know, it's a... Uh, you know, it's a you know it's special. You represent your country, and it, it is tough. You know, they're they're kids, and they all want to play. And uh, but uh, that's the the part, the hard part about the job. How was the city as a host in the facility? Oh, it's awesome here. You know, they did everything we you know is you know it was a beautiful uh, facility, and uh, people were great. And um, it was a it, it actually was a really not, you know well run and uh, and great to play here. Next time we see the next time we see the team on ice practicing or in exhibition, will that be what you hope to be the final roster? Yeah, it is. You know, we, we uh, you know it's a we got the kids here and we we got to make choices here today. So it's uh, that's the tough part about it. I think your brother Dave played in the first official World Juniors in Czechoslovakia in '77. What do you remember about that? Uh, I remember mom and dad went over and left us home here for Christmas <laughs> alone. <laughs> you know, it was pretty special. I was the first one, and they did it a little different back there. They took the Hamilton team, and they picked up four guys, and uh, and they played. So it was, uh, you know, it was quite an honor for him to, to go over there and for mom and dad to leave the farm. Yeah, he did. You know, he was uh, he was pushing uh, pushing the pace well, and uh, and he was skating well, and he had some good looks. How much does shootout proficiency like factor into your decision making when it comes to the roster? Uh, you know, it's part of the game anymore. You know, you got to you know, he, he it's one thing you can practice and to, for the goalies and uh, players. So it's uh, one of those things that's important. Talked about a team that you want to have skill and lots of will. How much of the will side is can you coach, and how much of it is just taking players in that DNA? You know, it was something though. That you represent your country. I think everybody's going to push real hard and uh, and uh, and play for their country. So it's a, it'll be a, you know they're going to have the will, and you just got to put them together as a team. Coach, how vital is a series like this for the selection process? I think it's good. It's really good, guys. It's uh, it's they're the U Sports is a tough team, and they and they play hard, but just not play hard. They play with a lot of skill too. They're they're skilled uh, players and. Uh, and I've seen a few come through the junior junior ranks, and in in it's a good challenge for us, and it, it pushed their kids to the limit. You can assess Liam and Connor's gameplay better than anyone. What were you looking for this week? What what what, what did you want to see more out of them? You know, you always you know you always want to see. There's always room for improvement on every kid, and so that's an important thing. And and uh, but you know, use your speed and use your skill, and uh, but you got to play hard and win the battles in the corners. Okay, a couple more guys. That's it. How was Hunter Jones' camp over? It was good. Like I, uh, like uh, the goalies, it's, it's going to be a tough choice. There was four, four, all four goalies played really well. What do you see in the strengths of Benoit Lavier's game? Like he's a, a centerman and he's a face-off guy. He kills penalties very well. So it's uh, you know, and uh, he plays against uh, the tough assignments uh, out there. So. Definitely, uh, you know, it's a two-way for uh, two-way forward. So, uh, you know, and, and he can win draws. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks.